Hey, Sean Gaby here. Welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Hey everyone, Sean Gaby here with the Supernatural Leadership Podcast, talking about the difference between principle-led leadership and presence-led leadership. We all have a leader within. Why not make that leader a little more supernatural? Enjoy today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome again to another Supernatural Leadership Podcast episode. My name is Sean Gaby, your host. Thank you so much for stopping by. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends, and we'd love to hear from you. Let us know how this podcast is impacting your supernatural leadership journey. And don't forget, we have an amazing school platform that we've just launched recently. So check it out, supernaturalleadership.com. Let's go deeper together and take our supernatural leadership to the next level. Today, as we've been doing so many times and it's been so many powerful conversations in the last season that we've had with guests, today we have another special guest to launch out into 2022 and his name is John Thomas. Now, just to give you a little bit of a, introduction of who he is. I'm going to read uh, part of his bio. And so before we bring him on, I'm super excited about today's episode. You guys, it's going to be incredible. After being radically delivered from drug addiction in 1996, John began pursuing God's call on his life. This led him to Streams Ministries, where he was personally mentored by John Paul Jackson. After John Paul passed in 2015, John took over the leadership of Streams he teaches dream interpretation and prophetic ministry and mentors leaders around the world, helping them understand the various ways God is leading them and the organizations they are responsible for. He co-authored The Art of Praying the Scriptures with John Paul Jackson and wrote Dream Elements, an alternative dream dictionary. John and his wife, Donna, live near Dallas, Texas. And so today we are talking, if you haven't already figured it out, we're talking about dreams. We're talking about dreams, such a valuable important subject when it comes to helping our leadership push into the supernatural because dreams from God are very supernatural. And so I want to welcome on John Thomas. John, so good to have you. It's your first time on our podcast. How you doing? Yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be deep. So I'm, I'm excited. I love one of my favorite topics is talking about dreams. And so I just wanted to open it up with Job 33 verse 14, because I think this is a huge um, uh, sort of like an introduction. There's so many all throughout scriptures, of course, the scriptures, of course, but I love how uh, one of Job's friends words this. It's Elihu, his the good one, the one that's giving him decent advice. And because uh, a lot of his friends gave him bad advice. And it says this, for God may speak in one way or another, yet man does not perceive it. And that's really the quest that we're all on is learning to perceive what it is that God is saying. He's always speaking. He's communicating, whether it's in dreams, whether it's in visions, in the night, in other ways. And so the quest for us as leaders is to perceive and recognize what it is that he's saying and doing. Verse 15, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. And so this, like many other verses, really are uh, off affirmations, confirmations that we need to lean into our dream life. John, this has been your journey. So bring yeah. us into a little bit of your journey 
you know, leading up to your, you know, salvation story, what happened, how you met Jesus, how you aligned with what I believe is like the forerunner of dream teachers out there to the body of Christ. He's now gone, unfortunately, but uh, we value his teaching. John, bring us into your journey a little bit. Yeah, I grew up, funny enough, in a, in a home that was Jehovah's Witness. So my parents were Jehovah's Witness uh, for, for the first eight years of my life. My dad uh, stopped being Jehovah's Witness. My mom continued that. So that's the home that I grew up in. But we had a lot of weird spiritual activity that would happen in that home. So I, I can remember probably my first dream. I, I was just above toddler, so maybe five, six years old. And I had a dream that, that Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck were vampires and they were chasing me. So the dreams that wow. I had growing up were not good dreams, but some of them are, are etched in my memory. And I had a number of those experiences. So I, I had this idea from Jehovah's Witnesses that God didn't talk anymore, that this activity wasn't happening. And I ended up kind of giving up on God, decided to become a drug addict and uh, like literally actually made that decision. Uh, but in that process, I, I ended up really strung out. I, I, I'd ruined my life. I'd OD'd on multiple different drugs. I'm driving down the road one day and have this thought, you know, the world's going to end. I better figure out what side I'm on. And I'd been told my whole life that, that all the Christians were wrong. So I, I knew that the Christians didn't know the truth. <laughs> and I, I'd been, you know, I'd been hurt by Jehovah's Witnesses. And I knew they didn't have the truth, but I had this firm belief that the Bible was true. So I went and bought myself a Bible and I started reading it every single night. Whether I was drunk, high, it didn't matter. Every night I read that Bible and, and every night I prayed the same prayer. God, I want to know what truth is. I got to about second Kings, made it all the way through numbers and Deuteronomy, all of it got to about second Kings and woke up one day and everything was different. Wow. I was completely delivered of drug addiction and I, but I was aware of the voice of God. I, I knew he was there. I could feel his presence. I, I knew what he wanted from me, what I wasn't allowed to do. And that started this journey of this interaction with his voice and how he speaks. Well, that's amazing. Now at that point, like, did you make a sort of, did you have like a revelation at this point that the Jehovah witness life was not the right life? Like what, what point did you kind of like, cause I, I think there's an element of mixture, right? Especially in Je as a Jehovah witness, there's an element of mixture, which is so deceiving. So how did you cross just for our listeners? How did you cross out of that into like full blown? Like, I understand now what the truth really is. Well, when I had this, this life change, I, I, I no longer had an offense against Christianity uh, and against church. And I, I had some people that I knew that were going to a local church. So I started going to that church and being discipled. And so now I've got complete personality change, life change. So I, I knew God, but I did not believe that Jesus was God, because that's one of the errors that the, the Jehovah's Witnesses teach. And I, I go to worship one night, uh, we had a Sunday night service, and in worship, the worship leader says, I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to encounter some people, just encourage you, close your eyes, focus in on the Lord, and, and open up your heart to the Lord, whatever that means to you. Now, now, that, that, that wasn't at a Jehovah's Witness church, this was at- No, like, no, uh, this is actually at a vineyard church in Phoenix, okay. Arizona. Okay. So where I started getting discipled was in this, in this vineyard church. 
And so I, I did that. And Holy Spirit encountered me. I, I had a vision of heaven. I saw the throne of God. I saw a lion, a lamb, and a dove on that throne. And I came back into the worship service trying to figure out if anybody saw me leave and come back because I mean, it was the most profound experience I've ever had. And I've never had an issue with the Trinity since. Like my whole theology got changed. My understanding got changed. And the Bible opened up to me at a whole new level. Well, wow, really so interesting. Just, I, know, I know this is not our topic of conversation, but now I'm like intrigued on something here. Like when you have Jehovah Witnesses come to your door, what's the conversation like? You know, they haven't come for a very long time, but uh, it, it's usually I, I try to talk to them about feeling loved by God, because that was the biggest gap for me as a Jehovah's Witness. I did not know that God loved me, that God liked me. I, I thought God hated me. He was waiting for me to mess up. And if I messed up, then I would never get to to. To, to live forever. And so this, this legalistic performance thing that is so ingrained uh, uh, on Jehovah's Witnesses. So I'm constantly bringing them back to the love of God. And if I can get them to, to you know, I start recognizing a little bit of hunger, then I'll start talking about maybe some of the theology pieces but until they've encountered the love of God, they're, they're trained from childhood how to argue theology. Arguing theology with the Jehovah's Witness will just confirm what they believe. But wow. if they encounter the love of God, man, it changes everything. Absolutely. And I think that cross-pollinates to everybody. I mean, once you encounter the love <laughs> yeah. of God, I mean, it does totally alter reality, uh, at least your reality that you're living. And so, yeah, that's awesome. That's a really cool story. So along this journey now, you, you have this encounter. When did you start diving into like, man, you're, you're going to like, you know, I'm not saying that you're focusing your whole life on dreams, but like in a sense, it's a huge part of what you do, teaching the body of Christ about interpreting the language of our dreams, the symbols of our dreams, and the balance between literal and symbolic, which we always talk about. We talk about dream life and dream culture. Like, how did you, what was the journey now into this? Is it just because John Paul Jackson became your mentor or what was the, the journey for you? Yeah, that was that really was a major turning point. He, he had an open invitation to come to this church where I was being discipled. So he came as a guest speaker a couple different times. I watched him one time call out, it was about 25 different people, but each one of the people that he called out, he told them about their past, he told them about their present, he told them about their future. Most of them were on a puddle on the floor when he got done. It was still to this day one of the most astounding wow. uh, prophetic uh, ministry moments that I've ever seen, ever experienced. And he gets done and he goes, hey, by the way, I'm going to be teaching this course called The Art of Hearing God, teach you guys how to hear from God. And I'm like, I am in. <laughs> like, If that's what God does, I need to learn whatever this man knows. And so I went to The Art of Hearing God. And at this point, I didn't really have a value for dreams. But part of that course is talking about the importance of dreams. It's the way that God spoke. And so I got this little uh, cassette tape at the time. It was six cassette tapes. We still have it as a CD or an MP3 uh, called The Essentials of Dreams and Visions. And I wore those cassette tapes out. And it just goes through the basics of understanding different types of dreams. And people started coming to me, asking me about dreams, random people that had no idea that I knew anything about dreams. They just come up like, you know, I had this weird dream. Do you know anything about dreams? And God would give me interpretations. And I started seeing the fruit. So we started pursuing more and more training, ended up moving up to New Hampshire, where John Paul was officed at the time 
just to be mentored, to grow. And that's when we ended up having the relationship that ended up in, in where I'm at now. Oh, that's amazing. That's, that's honestly amazing. I think, uh, you know, dreams are such a, a, a huge, important part of our leadership. And I think we often forget their value. I think a lot of people, you know, I think I believe this, that everybody dreams. Yeah. Um, we don't always remember our dreams. There's a disconnect often between what's happening in our spirit in the nighttime and our, our ability in our mind to connect, remember, bring back to the forefront. I also believe there's an element of stewardship involved in our dream yeah. life. Like, you know, the more we write down, the more we value. It's like we create more capacity for increase in our life. It's like honoring God by honoring the little things that he does. Even if the dream feels like a pizza dream, I ate a dill pickle before I went to bed and the dream is crazy. You know, it's like I played video games all day and all I see is video games in my dream. Like, I think there there are elements of like where it's not always like it's because of what we've ingested all day. But even those moments, like they're still learning moments. Like even if... Yeah. I have to dream something that I did all day. It's it's showing me that my soul might be in anxiety. Like Ecclesiastes 5 verse 3 says, for a dream comes through much activity and a fool's yeah. voice is known by as many words. And that word is actually like um, activity is actually inyan in the Hebrew and it means concern, like anxieties. Like you'll dream yeah. out of your anxieties or whatever's been, you've been feeding your soul all day. And even that is valuable to realize, man, like what have I, what have I been investing in myself? It's affecting my yeah. dream life now. And so yeah. what would you say, let's talk about this, make it practical for a second. What would you say um, is the biggest struggle in interpreting one's dreams? Um, thinking that you're going to be able to interpret every dream that you have. Uh, so, so many times God gives us dreams, not because they're going to tell us what we need to know before we get into the situation, but so that after the fulfillment of the dream, we look back and realize that God was always with us. He is actually developing trust in our heart so that we, we can grow in our relationship with him. And, and when we constantly think that every dream needs to be interpreted and, and, and that, that kind of the struggle, some people give up on dreams because they weren't able to interpret this dream or the other dream. But then five years later, two years later, two months later, when the fulfillment of that dream happens, if you go back and review dreams, you'll find a lot of those dreams that you couldn't figure out what they meant, that you, you learn afterwards, you, you have the fulfillment and you look back like, oh, that's what that was talking about. That, that makes all the sense in the world. Wow, God, you were preparing me for this. I don't like that situation. I didn't want that to happen. I had no concept that that was even possible. And yet you spoke it to me. And it wasn't about me being faithful or me knowing enough or, or, or understanding enough. It was just because your hand is on my life. Wow, and that wow. level of trust, man, it changes everything. And I think there's a huge balance between like diving into the difference between symbolic and literal. I think yes, if you believe every dream is literal, you're going to get in trouble big time. Because I mean, I have some messed up dreams and I know because <laughs> I've been in this long enough now that I know when it's symbolic. I usually can tell right away when it's symbolic all the time. Um, and I think there are certain tools that we see even scripturally speaking to help us. I mean, Joseph, when he was in prison in Genesis chapter 40, verse eight said to the prisoners that had dreams, like don't all interpretations belong to God. Like, like we have the greatest yeah. source available for understanding whether it's symbolic or literal, and we need to develop that relationship. Can you give us an example of how your relationship with God 
in your life has sort of been demonstrated through your dream life for influence in the marketplace? Like share a story that helps the listeners come into, okay. And then maybe even break down the dream to give us some interpretation tools. Yeah. So most of, most of my experience really has been in, in church life and ministry life, but I've got a couple stories of friends, people that I know, people that I've mentored, I've got a friend of mine that lives up in Minnesota that is in middle management of a company. He's actually retired now and he works as a consultant for this company, but he, he had for his whole career, 30 years with this company, he'd done most of his major decisions based upon dreams and visions. So he would have uh, a dream about a shift in the direction that his department was going. He would start to implement, start to get things ready. And when the shift happens at something outside of his control, everything's already prepared and it was a really smooth transition. It didn't create problems. And that happened so many times in, in his career that they, they were begging him to not leave because they could recognize there was something different. When he was involved, things went better. Things, they, they, they were prepared, they were ready. Difficulties didn't end up creating problems. Um, so, I mean, that, that's one example. I, I, I'm overseeing right now. I mean, on our ministry, we've got, I think eight people on staff, we're, we're, we're right in the middle of some changes right now. So seven, eight, nine people on staff, we're getting ready to hire two more people. So I'm, I'm running a business as well as being in ministry, but a lot of the things I've been doing are from this experience that I had in a dream before I moved up here, before I knew I was even going to be in leadership of streams. I had a dream that I was in John Paul's house and people that I knew at the time that were on staff were asking me about what, what color are these walls supposed to be? Um, how do we handle this situation? It was a food situation that was going on. Like, what do we prepare? What don't we prepare? What do we make available? And, and that was preparation for when I took over Streams Ministries, I'm deciding the color of the walls. Like, what's the direction? What's the culture? What's the atmosphere that we're going to do. And, and there's a sense of knowing it ahead of time, because I recognized it when I came down here before John Paul passed, like there's going to be that influence. I'm going to be making decisions. I'm going to be making decisions of what teachings, what not teachings, what, what products will bring it into the business world. What products uh, are, are we going to focus on? Which ones are we not going to focus on? Uh, and, but there was also this thing that got stirred in my spirit that never got to my mind. And I have this sense the the whole time that I've been in this position, I know that I'm prepared for this. And I've looked back, you know, I mentioned you know, earlier, being able to look back and see in dreams how God already spoke about it. So many things that, that I'm going through are dreams that I had three years ago, seven years ago, eight years ago, and I'm seeing the fulfillment of them right now. And some of them are helping me to make decisions in the direction that we're going. Wow, that's awesome. I love that, man. Hey, everyone, before we continue on with this interview, I have some exciting news to share with you. 
The Supernatural Leadership School is now live. The platform has been launched with our very first e-course called The Voice of God Module. I would encourage you head over to SupernaturalLeadership.com and sign up today and begin a brand new Supernatural Leadership journey. You know, I'd love to hear some more, even some more stories. Like if you have a story like, like where you maybe got a word of knowledge about somebody, maybe you were at a church service conference and you had a word of knowledge about somebody in a dream. And then it kind of was made, you were given the opportunity to share that. I know for me often, like I'd say like six out of 10, I mean, this is generalization, but six out of 10, probably for me, dreams are connected to words of knowledge about situations and people. Um, and the rest of them would be maybe more about me or my future, my journey, uh, other things, things I don't understand. Of course, um, I would say probably I understand eight out of 10 of my dreams. If I have 10 dreams in like a 10 day span, I'd probably have eight, seven or eight. Like I, the other three, I might be like, what is that? I don't know. And often, I mean, you know, this like five years later, like there's dreams that I had like 10 years ago that I'm now seeing the fruit of that I didn't fully grasp 10 years ago, but now I'm living. Is there something that stands out to you where like a milestone dream moment where maybe you had a word of knowledge for somebody and like, it just, you know, we have those moments where it just cements even more, man, this is why we need to learn how to lean into our relationship with God when it comes to our dream life. Yeah, for me, it's more word of wisdom in dreams than the word of knowledge. So uh, I, I've, I've had, ever since I started traveling, I'll have dreams where I'm not myself. I'm in somebody else's body. Sometimes I realize that I'm in somebody else's body. Sometimes I'm thinking about it afterwards. And I realize, wait a second, that wasn't me. And I go through and, it, and they're usually, they almost feel like a movie, like, you know, scene after scene, experience after experience. I could describe the, the, the weather. I could describe the feeling of the wind, the clothing that I'm wearing, like the whole thing. It, it, they're very rich. Um, but I'm, I wake up from those dreams and, and I thought for a while, like I'm supposed to write novels because these are like, some of them are really wild stories, but some of them are just kind of like life issues. And I started realizing a pattern and part of it was because of a word of knowledge that John Paul Jackson gave me. He goes, you know, that those times when you have dreams and then you find yourself at a church and you realize that the dream that you had that earlier that week was actually about the church you're ministering. Yeah. I found a number of those dreams are actually telling me situations that are going on in the church that I'm going to, to, to minister and so that, that's a word of knowledge, but it's actually a word of wisdom because it's often it has the solution. It's not only what's going on. So there's somebody here that is, you know, has got some underlying ambition and underlying motives that, that needs to be watched for. And when you find this person, if you do not confront it directly, if you just try to push it to the side, they'll actually come through the back door and create more problems. But if you confront it directly, you'll be able to stop it and it won't continue to be an issue ongoing in the church. Now, they're very specific. Here's the strategy. Here's how you handle the situation. Here's what you're looking for. And here's how you deal with it so that it doesn't create greater difficulties. So those those kinds of dreams 
I, I have happened. And I, I've actually, I've had, this is a fun one, probably four or five different times where I've had a dream where I was preaching and I woke up and preached the message. So like one time I, I, I dreamt the whole message that I preached. I was preaching about, I started in, in Genesis and just started going through different women in the Bible and how their faithfulness and their response to God had been key to the whole storyline of the gospel moving forward. And, and then I started going through different leaders, women leaders in history starting from the second century with Perpetua and going through. And I'm like the whole message that, that I was, but I preached the whole thing in my dream. I'm in a school. And before I could get to kind of like the final point where, where I'm going to, you know, charge people to go out and do something, women don't, don't hold back. All of a sudden, everybody in this room, in my dream, they get up and they start streaming out the doors excited, not, not because they're leaving because the message, but because they're going to go out and do this thing. So that I actually, that was a Sunday morning. I was pastoring at the, at a church. I woke up that morning. I gave that message and I've gotten so many testimonies of people coming back and saying, John, that message changed my life. John, wow. that message erased this shame that it held me back. I didn't believe that I could actually do this call that God had put in my life. Now I believe it and I'm walking in it and this is the fruit of it. Yeah, those those ones get me excited. That's amazing. And I think for anybody listening, you know, everything we're talking about, stories that, you know, John is sharing really cross-pollinates into every sphere of society, whether it's the the mountain of religion, where whether it's the mountain of media, entertainment, business, government. I mean, you can see all throughout scripture. I mean, we have Joseph who really rose to power because of his ability to interpret dreams from the prison. I mean, even his whole journey into betrayal and being thrown into a pit started because of a dream that his brothers were super offended by. I mean, they already hated him, but they hated him even more, the Bible says, when he had the dream and shared the dream with his brothers. And so, I mean, Joseph really is a great model to follow in seeing how his dream abilities or his his um. Uh, value for them really are what perpetuated his promotion in in his life to come to the literally second to the pharaoh and you know being top dog and being able to actually save his brothers in the end i mean that like it's a, a and then daniel i mean daniel he rose to to great promotion because of his ability to interpret the king's dream without even knowing the dream i mean there's so many stories in scripture that just say scream value to dream life so it cross pollinates yeah. into every area i remember one time i had a dream i was selling an investment and i had a dream um right before of this individual that was going to put an offer on my on on this investment that i was selling and i had told him prior that i was only going to accept this and in the dream the night before he sent me the offer he was with the lawyers i had a dream of the actual offer and it was lower than what it was supposed to be. And so before he sent me the offer, I said to him in the morning, I texted him and I said, um, are you going to offer this? And he's like, yeah, how'd you know? Did the lawyer already send you the documents? I'm like, no, I had a dream last night and I told you I'm not going to accept anything lower than this. And so the dream actually <laughs> made it so that he didn't have to go back to his lawyer 
and fix everything and pay him more money because he wanted to fix, but it actually solved an issue. And I got exactly what I wanted to because of a dream. And so these are just small examples, but let me ask you a question. I think, I think a lot of listeners have, have this struggle. A lot of leaders have the struggle when it comes to dreams is that we fall into the trap of assumption and we assume that, you know, you go online and you Google, what does a spider mean in a dream? Or you, you, you buy the latest, you know, dream book out there and they're all good resources. Mm-hmm. But the danger of assumption is that we fall into the trap of assuming that every symbol means the same thing for everybody. I mean, even right. in the Bible, a serpent represents Satan himself, the deceiver, the crafty one in yeah. Genesis. And then it also represents an Exodus healing. Moses right. held up the serpent on the cross. And so two different representations of the same symbol. So talk about that a little bit before we wrap up and go into some takeaways for today. Like give us some insight into the danger maybe of like just assuming, I know you have some great resources out there. Yeah. So what do you think about yeah. that? We call it interpretive legalism. And whenever you get stuck in interpretive legalism, what you end up with is a Frankenstein interpretation. It has all the right body parts and they're kind of sewed together, but there's no spark of life in it. Wow. It requires Holy Spirit to breathe on it. And so you, you take those, those things, you know, like, like serpent, because I mean, there's one more. I mean, Jesus compared himself to the serpent that was lifted up in the wilderness. And so it was healing, but it was also a, a picture of the cross. Yeah. And so, you know, that, that's kind of a, a rarer element. You take a look at seed in scripture. It could be talking about faith. It could be talking about a, a word, a revelation. It could be talking about the message of the kingdom. It, it could be talking about, um, I already said faith, it could be talking about giving. Uh, it could be talking about someone that dies, somebody that lets something go, and it becomes more. Unless a seed goes into the ground and dies, it cannot uh, multiply. And so all of those different meanings are, are available. And unless you have relationship and you ask God, like, well, what does this mean in this experience, in yes. this dream? And so those, those kind of dream dictionaries that, or, or, or I, I would never suggest Google search because you have no idea where that comes from. But, you know, a good Christian dream dictionary, they're great starting places to start asking God what they mean. But as soon as you put your reliance on anything other than Holy Spirit, you're, you're making an idol of something. And God has this really... Uh, frustrating habit of destroying idols. <laughs> Whenever you let something become an idol, he will destroy it. It will not fulfill what you wanted, what you expected from it. And so keeping our reliance on Holy Spirit is absolutely key. That's amazing. And it's kind of what Joseph said, do not all interpretations <laughs> belong to God. And I, I, I love it. Um, yeah. What would you say to the, the person out there listening that says, I don't dream. I'm not a dreamer. I never have dreams. I have yeah. these problems all the time and I, I, you know, I usually challenge that, but like, what, what would you say to those people that say, I'm not a dreamer. I don't have this. This doesn't happen to me. You know, we, we, we on one of our courses, understanding dreams and visions, we talked for like 45 minutes on this. So this is cliff notes. Um, sometimes it, it's an inner healing, like it kids that have nightmares as kids and then decide I never want to dream. I don't ever want to see a dream. Like there's an inner vow that we make and until wow. we break that inner vow, it will stop us from having dreams. I have a friend 
that uh, we, we partner at Stream. She's our operations manager. Her and her husband lost their toddler um, drowned in, 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 a, in a drowning accident in a swimming pool uh, when he was two and a half, three years old. She started having dreams of losing her son, of forgetting her son somewhere, uh, of him drowning, of her not being able to help him, of her not being a, a good mom. Like it was just, it was tormenting and it was the trauma, it was the grief. And so she decided she just didn't want to dream. And she didn't dream again until we were having a conversation. And I, I, I got a word of knowledge. I'm like, well, you know, did you ever make this decision? Oh, I did make that decision. Wow. And she repented of that. And she's been dreaming ever since. And some of those dreams have been core to the decisions that we've made at Streams. Wow. So inner vows and, and just not having a value for something. If you're faithful in little, you'll be given much. If you're not faithful in the little that you have, even what you have will be taken away from you, Jesus said. So every time you have a dream, write it down. Ask God it what it means. It doesn't mean you have to spend 40 hours on every dream because you can't figure it out, but at least spend a minute, a couple minutes like, God, is this dream from you? What are you teaching me? What do you want to show me? And ask him because we have not because we ask not. And that'll be the kind of the final piece. I'll, I'll end with that. Just, just asking for dreams. Sometimes we're not dreaming because we've never asked for dreams. Ask God to give you a dream about your business, about your family, about, you know, wh whatever it is that you find yourself responsible for. Because again and again, in the Bible, most of the dreams in scripture are dreams that God gave somebody to help them fulfill their responsibilities. Whether it was okay. Pharaoh that had dreams about the nation that he was leading, Nebuchadnezzar that had dreams about the nation that he was leading, Joseph that had dreams about Jesus because he, he was the father of Jesus, uh, the other Joseph. They, they were about things that they were responsible for. God loves to help you fulfill your responsibilities. And if you ask him, he's going to give you the wisdom that you need. I love that language, man. That's so good. Like God gives us dreams for things that we're responsible for. And I, I, I think about that, even just how you language that, you know, I think about my own dream life and man, like I said, I probably say like six to seven of my dreams out of 10 are about things that I'm responsible for, or yeah. even people that I'm in leadership with. Yeah. Um, and it happens to me. And I think that that makes so much sense because God cares, you know, God yeah cares and just to go back i want to say just to highlight one thing i think that story of that woman you mentioned about the trauma yeah this is so powerful about we make these inner vows whether we're aware of them or not you know it just to me is a reflection of what solomon said in ecclesiastes 5 verse 3 i shared it shared it in the beginning that we dream out of the many concerns of our life the anxieties of our life and like those dreams are valuable awareness tools. They're like screaming at us, like deal with this issue, like deal with the trauma, dig a little deeper, you know, see a counselor, maybe like you need healing. And I, I think that sometimes, like you said, like we make these inner vows and we sweep it under the rug, but really we need to deal with it so we can continue on yeah. in the faith journey when it comes to this is how God wants to communicate to us. And I, I totally agree with what you say. Like I say this all the time, stewardship is key. Yeah. You have not because you ask not. And to everyone out there that says, I don't dream. Maybe you, you're not the, 
the guy that's going to dream every, every night, 10 dreams. And maybe that's not your main thing, but I would challenge you just like John said to pray and ask God to give you dreams to make it available for you because it is available it's just opening up our lives to it writing them down and so that's i'd say some of these key takeaways that i'm gleaning from this and i hope the listeners are too um is to ask god to ask god if you don't dream ask god to for dreams for your business ask god for dreams for your your company your your career your vocation your family your leadership your ministry your church whatever it is that you've been given responsibility like john said over Ask God. So what would you say as we close out uh, a practical activation? Like let's, whether it's like the next 21 days, 30 days, seven days, like you give us a practical activation, pretend we're all your students. What would you say? Yeah. So go to bed in peace. So find a way as you're going to sleep, uh, as you're preparing for sleep, start to shift your focus. If you have the TV on, turn the TV off get on some worship music, maybe some soaking music. Now, personally, my wife will not let music be going while we're sleeping. She needs it silent. But I I love to have the music going before we go to sleep. It just gets me in the right mind. The last thing that I think of before I go to sleep, I read a little bit of scripture. I, I let that be my focus and I let that be my prayer. And as you go to sleep, Make a commitment to God. God, I'm asking you to give me a dream. If you give me a dream, I'm going to write it down. Do that for 30 days. Prepare in peace. Ask God, make a commitment. And then when you wake up, even if it's in the middle of the night, (laughs) fulfill your commitment. Write it down. Don't make a vow to God that you're not going to fulfill. That's another one the writer of Ecclesiastes tells us. Like, so if you're going to do it, make sure that you follow through, because if you don't, even what you have will be removed. But if you follow through, you will find in that 30 days, something's going to change and you will start to recognize God's voice. So make that commitment for 30 days, prepare in peace, and it'll be astounding what changes. Even if you're already dreaming, doing that, ask God, Lord, increase the level of my dreams, the measure of my dreams. I'm I'm trying to be faithful. Give me more to be faithful with and watch how the detail, the the impact, the the reality in, in your dreams begins to change. So good, John. You heard it. 30 days. And then once you've done this, I want to hear from everybody out there after their 30 days. Message me on social media. Reach out to us. I want to hear what now has taken place. I would love to hear. I think some amazing things are going to happen in your leadership. Well, John, as we close, let's just talk a little quick, uh, a little, um, give a quick little update on what kind of resources you offer. I know that you have a new self-published book called Dream Elements, an alternative dream dictionary from Streams Ministry. So talk a little bit about that and tell the listeners where to buy it. We'll put also the link in the description below here as well. Um, but tell us a little bit about it before we uh, exit this episode. Yeah, so I, I was trying to figure out how do I how do I help people to think about dreams and dream elements rather than than telling them what they mean. So I, I want to teach people how to think more than I want to teach people what to think. So dream elements, uh, instead of it just being a line, car means ministry. It's a full chapter. 
So you, you go through, well, here's, here's what a car could mean. It could mean ministry, could be your work. And here's why it would change in a different circumstance in a different context. And here's some exceptions. Maybe it doesn't mean any of that. It could mean something else. And then most of the chapters has a QR code on the page that links to a YouTube video of me talking about that chapter, that element uh, so in cool. another way. So that, there's, it's a great resource really to train. You can find it at streamsministries.com. So streamsministries.com, Dream Elements, uh, that'll be available. And, and then one of the other resources that we have is we still have the recordings of John Paul having taught the courses on the art of hearing God, understanding dreams and visions. And then I've taught some courses as well. Those are all available in our online classroom on our website. So when you're at streamsministries.com, take a look. We've got them available as a subscription. You can do a monthly amount. And, and if you want to binge watch them, you, you can binge watch and get through, you know, a few of them in a month and then you're all done. Or you can take as much time as you like and really just go deep into dream interpretation. We've literally got hundreds of hours of training on dream interpretation available in the classroom. I love that. And I would encourage everyone that's listening to check out this material. I personally listened to lots of John Paul Jackson stuff over the years. Uh, I still have a bunch of his stuff. Um, of course, it's DVD and CD. I don't even have the ability to play that anymore, but <laughs> but it's amazing. And so you got both John's uh, resources, John Thomas, of course, and uh, his resource is amazing. So check out it all, streamsministries.com. John Thomas, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be with us as we launch out in 2022. You're the first episode of the year so thank you thank wow. you we'll have to do another one man this was yeah, awesome just scratching you. the surface a little bit so thank you so much thank you again supernatural leadership podcast family for tuning in we love you and we hope that this episode has taken your leadership to a new level remember everyone has a leader within so why not make it a little more supernatural thank you so much and we'll see you next time if this podcast has been an investment into your life and or impacted you in any way, we are incredibly thankful. We would love for you to join us in being able to continue bringing leadership content like this every month. Of course, it does not come without a cost, and our heart is to continue bringing you more improved quality and content. If you would like to partner with us with a one-time financial gift or to sign up as a monthly partner, you can do so at kingdomculture.ca. Thank you for listening to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast.